I've been sensing for a while that now is the time to share more of my family's story with you. So I want to start today with a trigger warning. This feels really vulnerable for me because what happened to my grandmother is tragic. I need to give you a trigger warning that her story is about trauma and domestic violence. It's not suitable for children or any ears that could be triggered by such a topic. It's also not something to listen to just casually as I desire to share her story in such a way that honors her life. So if you're ready and you want to learn more about how trauma impacts our lives, not only now, but for generations, and also explore the idea of domestic violence, how it starts, where it comes from, and what to do about it, I invite you to sit with me in this as I share more about my own journey through generational healing that continues to unfold, I'm now ready to share with you about my incredible grandmother, Marilyn. Are you in a season where you're longing for more, desiring inner peace, hoping for more authenticity in relationships? Perhaps you're feeling unsettled inside, like you know that God is calling you deeper, higher, and further than you've ever gone before. You are ready for change and it's time for something to shift What is it? What's been missing? My name is Amber Todd. I am a Christian counselor, and I believe that you were never meant to live a disconnected, segmented life. You were created for connection, deep, authentic, healing connection. First, within yourself, because your mental, physical, and spiritual health is interconnected. This is why I love collaborating with doctors and like-minded holistic practitioners who honor God's design for our whole being to function and operate in harmony. Life Interconnected Podcast is an intentional space you can come to every week to receive encouragement, hope, and a fresh perspective on your internal world so that you better understand your thoughts and emotions and how to live a connected life. Join this movement of mindful believers who desire to grow in our faith and cultivate a holistic approach to health and wellness. Subscribe to the podcast today and share it with your friends. Welcome to Life Interconnected. My grandmother, Marilyn, deeply loved Jesus. She was a strong woman of faith with a fierce commitment to her kids. She actually fell in love at a young age, and the love of her life was called away to serve in the war. Of course, that was devastating at the time with not many methods to communicate and not having many opportunities to talk with him. Unfortunately, she was one of the people who had a knock on her door from the officers above him, and unfortunately, he never returned home. His bravery was honored with a purple heart, which my family actually still has in our possession, So in grief, she found herself in another relationship. It felt different, but comforting at the time. Although he didn't often want to go to church, she was there every Sunday. Her faith was her strength and her song. The abuse within their marriage started with strong preferences and quickly turned into controlling tendencies. 
he would say things like, you can't wear that or you can't go out. You can't talk to that person. Marilyn probably didn't recognize it in the beginning. But it happened and escalated over time. She became pregnant almost immediately after they got married. And endured a lot of physical and emotional abuse over the next 18 years. My grandmother carried and birthed four beautiful babies in that time. Two girls first, my Aunt Marcia, and then my mom, Melinda. And then two boys, my Uncle Rob and my Uncle Rod. My grandmother worked night shifts at a factory so that she wouldn't have to leave the kids alone very long during the day. I think that was also a method in which my grandfather used to control her. This was in the 60s and 70s when more patriarchal family types were the norm and there were not many resources available for women in domestic violence situations. You know, often my mom and her siblings would hear the screaming and the fighting and the violence hiding in their rooms, trying to stay away from it, sometimes getting pulled in, sometimes also suffering at the hand of his lack of control and anger and rage. Because there wasn't a lot of support during this time in our country, this meant that a lot of women were suffering silently with no outlet, nowhere to go for help. I can only imagine how scared and alone she felt, trapped day in and day out, stuck in a cycle of abuse and violence. Marilyn did what she could to protect my mom and her siblings. I know that she started to feel really desperate. She couldn't take it anymore. She knew she had to get out. So it was April of 1976. She had started subtly talking about leaving. Of course, my grandfather wouldn't have it. He brushed it off. He would respond immediately with threats that he would harm her or the kids if that ever were to happen. She knew it was time. So she tried to make a careful plan. Nine-year-old Ron and 20-year-old Marcia, so the youngest and the oldest, were home that day as they packed up their belongings to get out. Ron had stayed home from school because he had chicken pox. Marcia was still living at home at the time. My mom was in her freshman year at IU, so she had actually just moved out about six months prior. She was starting to fulfill her dream of becoming an optometrist. Going to college was a big deal because she was a first generation to attend college in her family. And so settled at college, not fully knowing what was unfolding at home. I believe that my grandmother was planning to pack up that day and drive the three of them to pick up Rob and go somewhere safe. My grandfather worked construction at the time, and he was supposed to be at a work site that day. But in the middle of them trying to pack up and leave, he came home unexpectedly. That was it. Everything spiraled into severe trauma, horror, and tragedy after that. He first started screaming and threatening my grandmother. 
he began to chase her with a hammer. She ran outside, screaming for help, with no one to be found. She made it over to the neighbor's front porch, banging on the door, with him shortly behind her. But the neighbor got scared and locked the door, leaving her alone and vulnerable. He chased her back to their front yard. At this point, Ron and Marcia were screaming, trying to stop him with any possible means. Ron even jumped on his back, terrified. It was too late. She was knocked unconscious with a hammer and stabbed multiple times from the neck up in front of two of her children. My grandfather murdered my grandmother in rage and cold blood in their front yard that day. Shock, despair, trauma, terror. There are no words to describe how violent his behavior was and how it's completely changed our lives for generations. By the time the police arrived, the front yard was covered in blood. He was still holding the knife, frozen, probably shocked by his own behavior. They arrested my grandfather, charged him with first-degree murder, took him away in the police car, leaving four children totally abandoned and orphaned with no parents to care for them. By the time my mom got to the scene, her mother was covered by a white sheet. Ron and Marcia still shaking in terror, trying to process what just happened. Rob didn't know yet. He was just sitting in his fourth grade classroom, learning about long division and essay writing. Their entire world crumbled that day, and the ripple effects of the murder still make my bones quiver. It's been extremely painful to try to make sense of such an act of horrific violence. Honestly, sometimes I still feel speechless and disbelieve that this is actually a part of our family's story. There's many, many things that unfolded after that for each of the children. They were only 9, 11, 19, and 20 when it happened. But I will save their stories for another day. I'm sharing this to give voice to my grandmother, Marilyn, and to honor the 44 years of life that she lived on this earth. I often feel her presence and her encouragement and her love. I know that she would be so proud of me and all of the ways that I've been able to advocate for those without a voice. One of the ways I'm doing that is actually through this podcast. I haven't shared this with you all yet, but my launch date for this podcast was on April 20th. And that was the anniversary of the day she died.
And I'm using this platform to bring hope and encouragement and healing to every part of your being. And I know how much that would have meant to my grandmother. I know she would have been amazed by the victims' rights movement that took off in the late 70s and 80s to provide more support, tools, and resources to women in her situation. This is part of the reason why I became a victim advocate in my early 20s. I used to actually run domestic violence hotline. I would respond to these types of calls. I would help these types of situations. Thankfully, we have many more resources and tools available to those who are suffering. And I know it's not just women. It's men too. Domestic violence, physical abuse, emotional abuse within marriages can be really complicated. On average, it takes seven attempts for the victim to leave their relationship. Because I've supported many people in these situations, I just want to say that if you are listening to this and you're struggling in any way, if you're experiencing physical, emotional, spiritual, sexual abuse, please tell someone. Find someone who's safe, who you trust, and get help. There are many resources out there. Some of them, many of them are free and anonymous. So you can take a call and make the first step. I will link information about that below in the show notes if that applies to you. I want you to know today that my grandmother, Marilyn, was an incredible, loving, and kind woman of God. She cared for her children deeply, which is why she fought so hard to get out of that situation. I know she would have been a champion of my dreams, and I know she would have adored our four children. And I'm sharing this because I want you to understand that this is a big layer of my own story and my own journey of healing generational trauma and the ripple effects of that in my life. Even though I never met her here on earth, her story and her life and all that she endured has impacted me deeply in many levels. And as we talk on the podcast about the interconnected nature of our mind, body, and spirit, today I want to focus on a few things that I believe are important when we're approaching domestic violence and trauma. So here is point number one. Physical and emotional abuse can build subtly over time. You know, often in the beginning, things are kind of brushed off as like, oh, maybe they're just having a hard day or, okay, that seemed a little extreme. But then it starts happening more often. And often the abuser blames the victim for it happening in the first place. Like, because you did this, that's why I screamed at you. Or because of this, that's why I threw the plate. Eventually, it typically becomes more consistent and worse over time to the point that the victim realizes, how did I even get in this situation? How has it escalated to this point? That's the thing I think a lot of people don't understand is that they maybe hear about or look at someone who is in an abusive relationship or coming out of an abusive relationship. And if you've never experienced it, then you just think, well, why would they put up with that? Or why did they even get into that in the first place? It's not that simple. 
It is often subtle and it's manipulative. And by the time that the victim realizes they're in that situation, they often feel trapped. They feel stuck. And I am sure that's what happened to my grandma. She felt so stuck. She didn't know what to do. She was threatened so many times. So she stayed quiet and she stayed. It's a scary feeling to be alone and to not feel like you have a way out. That is why it's so important to reach out to a trusted friend or call a hotline to find out your options, resources, and seek support as soon as possible. And if you're in a a marriage where maybe some of these things are happening subtly, or it's starting to maybe get a little bit more intense, get help now. Seek out marriage counseling. Seek out individual counseling. Get support. Because we want to stop these patterns early on so that they don't escalate. Here's point number two. Trauma impacts our mind, body, and spirit. It affects every part of our being. As I have witnessed so many people recovering from the impact of trauma, I want to walk you through how I see it affecting each of these areas of your life. First, mentally, someone who has experienced abuse often starts experiencing Really strong inner critic thoughts, shaming thoughts. Why? Because when the abuser is shaming and criticizing you externally and verbally, you often then internalize that. Now that might be from a parent. Maybe you grew up in a household with an overly critical parent. And then that leads to you having a loud inner critic voice towards yourself. So if you have a strong narrative of inner criticism maybe a low self-image, low confidence. That is how it can affect you mentally. That means that in your brain, you have these neural pathways that are wired towards this negative critical dialogue. And that is something that can be healed. God has given you a brain that is neuroplastic, meaning that if trauma has impacted you, if, if these ways of thinking are now feeling familiar, It can be healed. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why counseling is so powerful. The area of our body is also impacted. So the physiological impact of trauma is very real. When I first meet someone who I know has endured any type of abuse, whether it's physical, emotional, sexual abuse, I immediately notice their body posture. They typically carry their shoulders high and they lean their shoulders in. Even sometimes they have kind of a sloped back. Or when they sit, they often have their legs crossed and their body closed. Now, why is that? Because they constantly feel like they have to protect themselves. So when your body posture is closed, when you've literally been carrying so much on your shoulders, when you have to protect yourself, your body's going to respond. And not just your posture, but often I see issues with the, with GI and gut, gut health. I see frequent migraines. Um, I see impact of stress, tight muscles. You know, think about that over decades. If that's not tended to, if your body's not tended to, trauma shows up in the body, which also means trauma can be released from the body. This is why I think it's so important to understand somatic body work to understand the things that you can do to tend to the trauma that's physically housed in your body. 
trauma does change our DNA. The field of epigenetics has become more popular and there's a lot of research out about it now. It can alter your DNA. And that's why we see even in scripture that we can carry the effects of trauma and the sin of four generations. And that's what epigenetics research is showing. And I think it's important then that we not only tend to our mind, but also to our body. And finally, trauma impacts our spirit. Your relationship with God, your view of God, is deeply impacted by how you experience people and relationships on this earth, especially close relationships, especially relationships within a marriage or with a parent. Those two types of relationships often impact our view of God, whether we feel safe with God, whether we feel like we can trust God, whether God feels like a a father who has our best interests in mind. And so healing spiritually, getting an accurate view of God, seeing God through his word and through his character, rather than through our human experience, that's a part of the spiritual healing. So your mind, body, and spirit are impacted by trauma and need to be tended to. And finally, point number three, trauma impacts generations. Vicarious trauma is real, meaning even if it didn't happen to you, if you heard about it, or if it's within your DNA, even if it's a few generations back, it still is in your system, which means that if the effects of trauma is in your system, then you now have the opportunity to take ownership of that and heal from the inside out. You know, at the age of five is when I found out about my grandmother's murder. As a five-year-old, I was curious, where are my other set of grandparents? What happened to them? Why haven't I met them yet? And as a little five-year-old girl, I learned that the world isn't as safe as I thought it was and that people do horrific things to one another and that violence is real. And that's vicarious trauma. So not only learning about that impacted me, but also I was impacted through my DNA of what happened to my grandmother. And I'm going to be sharing more next week about epigenetics and about what it looks like to heal the trauma in your generational line. I'm going to share more about my own healing experience and the ripple effects of what our family had to work through. So here's the big idea for today. Domestic violence and trauma can have a lasting impact on every part of your being. If you or someone you know is currently experiencing physical emotional abuse, please speak up. You need holistic support to get you to a safe place where you can start to heal. Healing isn't just for the person who's been harmed, but it's also necessary for loved ones and for those impacted by the ripple effects of trauma, even generationally. Here's what I want you to reflect on this week. Have you experienced any type of trauma or vicarious trauma? Physical, emotional, spiritual abuse. If so, what is the next step you can take towards safety if you're currently in it? Or what is the next step you can take in your own healing? Seek counseling, seek support, talk to a friend, call the hotline. And finally, do you know about the trauma in your generational line? Reflect on how it's impacted both you and your family members. How can you own the healing 
that needs to happen in your own system from the impact of that. If this episode touched you today, or if you know anyone who might be encouraged by what I've shared, who might feel some hope to seek help, who might need to tend to the trauma that is within their system, please share. And a sneak peek for next week's episode, again, I'm going to be sharing about the ripple effects of trauma and how my own life has been impacted by this tragedy. And even though I never met my grandmother in person, you are going to be in awe and wonder when I share with you all the ways that God has led our family through healing and redemption of her story. I will see you next time. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me today. I want you to know that God sees you. You are loved, valued, and important. If this podcast helped you, it would mean so much if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and text or post a screenshot with your friends who can join our mindful movement of believers. Let's live intentionally as God designed life to be interconnected. I'm cheering for you. We are in this together, and I look forward to next time.